Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. And we've put a solid point on the board and I think our dressing room is in a much stronger place there after you know, some of the stuff we've shown about ourselves today. Um, looking forward to going back to the a packed den. To, I've just got to say as well to the guys that travel today, I know travelling to these games and these places so close to Christmas is, isn't easy and that was, you know, they were great for us again there today and the, their reaction and their support at the end after, you know, it's a decent point but fans want to see their team win but when we came down to see the Millwall fans they were great there. Um, so we look forward, to, look forward to going again. It's a solid point if you get three against QPR, it's a very good point. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Akdung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. You join me on Christmas Eve, and that was the voice of Joe Edwards speaking in the aftermath of that very solid point up there at Stoke City. Uh, big um, hats off, first of all, before we go any further to the travelling 550-odd that went up to Stoke yesterday, pre-Christmas, hence the, uh, the Christmas-themed intro. Um, yeah, solid points. Um, I suppose it was. Uh, it was a certainly a hard-fought, um, low excitement game. The the kind of classic, cliched visit to Stoke City almost. But uh, yeah, big, big. I'm going to wish Happy Christmas to Joe Edwards because um, he's in a difficult spot at the moment, and you know we're going into Christmas with um thankfully after yesterday's results a bit of a cushion but not much of a cushion below below us to to queen's park rangers so anyway happy christmas to you dear listeners happy christmas to joe edwards everyone at millwall football club um even a pagan yuletide to everyone else that doesn't um take part in regular christmases uh anyone that practices satanism for that matter i suppose um anyway before we get into today's show exploring the ins and outs of yesterday's nil nil draw up there at the bet 365, what a romantic name for a stadium, Bet365 Stadium. It is time still, nevertheless, even though it's Christmas gone now, nearly, or upon us, for the Pundit Games question. And it's a wonderful football quiz game that we partner with. Every sale of the game generates a donation to the Lions Food Hub. So great calls and a great game as well. A football trivia game, answer five questions in a row, score a goal against your opponent. And, uh, yeah, high score win, so to speak. So, punditgames.co.uk. Do visit. If you uh, do buy a, a copy, please, please, please select Akdung Millwall from the drop-down checkout as to how you came to hear about the, the products. And then the Lions Food Hub will get a bonus um, as a direct result of your choice of board game. bit late for Christmas now, um, but it's birthdays and all sorts of 
other reasons to buy it across the year. So anyway, we're, we're giving little teaser questions ahead of each show, as you know, this season. So I've, spoke, I've chosen two questions, listeners, just to give you a, a sense of the range of the genres of um, and the depth of football knowledge you need. Um, just to give an example of it. I've got two uh, genres here. One's the English national side and one's from the Football League. Always I find the most difficult. And this one's a bit of an obscure one. So if you get the Football League question, then um, like I said in the previous show, seek help for your football habit. First one I think should be reasonably straightforward. We'll give the answers to both these questions at the end of today's show. But the first question, English national side. Um, This is a man known more for his managerial success uh, he won the league in Spain and Holland, as well as taking the England national side to the semi-finals of the 1990 World Cup. You've got it already, listeners, haven't you? Um, he's an in, he was an inside forward who was selected for the 1962 World Cup as a player, but injury ruled him out of that tournament. Um, he played in um, a World Cup Group 4 game versus the Soviet Union in 1958, a two-all draw for England versus uh, Soviet Union. Uh, the team comprising Colin McDonald in, in goal, Don Howe, Arsenal coach, Tommy Banks as the fullbacks, then the, the halfbacks as they would have been called then, Eddie Clamp, Billy Wright, big name from the past, Bill Slater. Um, inside forwards, midfielders, modern parlance, Brian Douglas, Devin Keeve, De- Derek Keevan, and Tom Finney, there's a name. Up front, Johnny Haynes and a manager from the 1990 semi final run of uh, the uh, World Cup so um, you should have got that one everyone should get that one Uh, but the Football League question is a tougher um, kettle of fish this is um, like I say these are all I always find these really obscure but this is a ginger haired left back who has played for both Wimbledon and the post Wimbledon MK Dons he boasts the record of holding the most amount of career league appearances of any active EFL player at one club over 700 now and counting at Milton Keynes. Um, he's in front of David Martin, Robbie Earl and Kenny Cunningham in the club appearance record with 884 appearances. I imagine that's Wimbledon and Milton Keynes combined. Um, if you can get that question, and we will have the answer at the end of today's show, then uh, well done. Well done to you. So yeah, nil-nil draw as we've alluded to already um, on this Christmas edition of Akdung Millwall yesterday. Um, difficult watch. I mean, I, I managed to get a stream of the uh, of the game up there at the three six five. As I've said already, I probably will keep saying throughout the show. Hats off to everyone. Five hundred and fifty four travelling lions. I see here on the mill tickets X feed. Um, well done to everyone that made it up there because it was not an easy game to watch. Um, quite literally, um, one shot on goal, which came right at the very death of the match. We met uh, Idamo Imaku. Um, a strange mix of a game um, because it's easy to write off yesterday's performance as, as ultra drab and so it so it was. Um, no shots on goal tells a story, yes. Um, but mixed in with that, as, as I've found a few times really since Joe Edwards has taken us over, um, there's, there's, there's hints of something in the side. I'm just not sure that this squad as it's currently constituted can play the style that he wants us to be playing. Or that will advance us up the table, up the table very far. Um, certainly at the moment, um, you know, we, we we were lucky to get away with a draw yesterday. A better team than Stoke probably would have put one or two goals past us. But that said, we contained them pretty well in the first half. 
we were up against it in the second half. That's the, the main downside. The starting 11, just to uh, before I take you into my conversation with Matt Webb this morning, um, starting 11 was Matt, uh, Matias Sarkic in goal. I think it was a back four. Might have been a back five. I don't know. I get lost on these formations, dear listeners. Um, Murray Wallace, Jake Cooper, Wes Harding, Ryan Leonard. Midfield two of George Savile, Billy Mitch. Um, a three, midfield three in front of them, of George Honeyman, Zian Fleming and Brett Brooke Norton Cuffey. And up front, Kevin Nisbet. Um, main talking points, I suppose. Uh, Joe Bryan not starting yesterday. He did look good when he came into the game in the, in the second half. And um, although we did see Emaku late, 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 and he did create the one chance for the Lions, uh, no signs or, or hint of an appearance for Roman Essay. So um, draw from that whatever conspiracy theories you want, dear listeners. A solid point, says Joe Edwards, as you've already heard. Um, or as I asked myself here, is it just merely a lack of attacking threat? I think it's probably the second, in my opinion. But any road, dear listeners, let's take you now to... The conversation I had with Matt Webb earlier on, he was actually at the game, and um, I really enjoyed speaking to Matt, the first time on the show, so take, take it away now, Matt. Achtung, Next up on the show is a huge welcome to a member of the Intrepid 500 Plus that went up to Stoke yesterday afternoon. It's a, a, an Achtung Virgin, as we just put it off air. It's Matt Webb. How are you, Matt? Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, um, that was a tough watch on the on the stream yesterday. It must have been a tougher watch still in the stadium there, Matt. It was um difficult, difficult game, shall we say? Enduring was the right word. Um, it was. Uh, it's, I mean, Stoke's always a tough place to go um, for any club, but to actually watch the ninety minutes of well, it was football at the end of the day. Um, it was. Um, <laughs> It was yeah, it was challenging to say the least. Yeah, um, I mean, I was just looking at the statistics. I mean, um, one shot on goal, which would be the Imaku chance late, late, late in the in the day. But um, that's that speaks volumes for me, Matt. I mean, I I, th- I think you're right that Stoke City away is is almost like the cliche of football that you know can they go and do it on a wet night in Stoke? Mm. So it's never going to be an easy trip, and you can't go there, Matt, expecting. To watch a classico, you know, uh, example of beautiful football. I think anyone that goes there thinking that's what you're going to see is probably a bit, um, a bit mistaken. But blimey, we look so off the pace at the moment. Um, it's very hard. I mean, the the, the the thing on the internet is trust the process that they keep saying with Joe Edwards. It's very hard. I want to trust the process. It's very hard to see a process at the minute because I'm not seeing anything that's very different to the worst parts of Gary Rowett's um, tenure in in the in, in the job. It's 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 tough to see where we're going at the moment, mate. Well, to be fair, I mean, Stoke Millwall encounters have never been open, so uh, to say the least. I mean, uh, no. there hasn't been a, a game between Stoke and us. I mean, I always think Stoke is very much similar to Millwall in the sense of the industrialness of the of the team and their work. Like the area itself, just reminds me of of a Millwall team. If I'm really honest with you, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but. Yeah. If I mean, I, I did look at it from, you have to look at it from a balanced perspective. And the first, first and foremost is we didn't lose, which is good. Uh, we gained a no. point on the bottom four, so to speak, because all of them lost as well, which is probably um, 
a positive, well, it is a positive, so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's a fortunate fortunate week, weekend in that sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And obviously Stoke have got the new manager bounce in Schumacher. Um, I mean, arguably, they, yeah. were, they weren't brilliant. They, they, it was two, it, yesterday was two really, really poor teams. Um, I mean, yeah, the stats don't lie. They had I mean, 19 shots with three on target, but those three on target, with the greatest respect, anyone could have saved those shots. They weren't, they weren't threatening on Sarkis whatsoever. Um, but, um, yeah, we did look... The thing is, I, I did notice that we looked like we've had a... We've been on the Christmas drink already. We were slow. <laughs> there was two... You know, the, the idea is... is that, celebrating what? Celebrating uh, what? <laughs> in, celebrating the end of another year, I think that's the idea. <laughs> celebrating. But um, it, just, it just looked like for me that the players were off the pace 100%, especially going forward. They, they felt like they had too much... They felt like they had all the time in the world on the ball. That you know, there was, it was a lot of plays where it should have been touch, receive, go, and it was touch, receive, receive, think about it, then release the ball. Oh, we've lost the ball, and it, it just for me it was like we were very slow, very slow, and on the back foot yeah, quite a lot. I agree. I mean, I, I, I wanted to. I'm conscious that when you do these podcasts, Matt, it can be easy to to dwell on the negative, and especially on the back end of a nil-nil draw at Stoke, all the things we've just said, it's easy to focus on the on the downside. So I wanted to try as best I can to pick out the positives. Um, and you're right about the. I mean, I think even Joe Edwards. I've got his quote here. He said something about how we. We 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 uh, the final third is where it's going wrong, and I, I make him right on that front. Um, certainly going forward, but I mean the first half we contained them very very well. I thought it it wasn't pretty, it was ugly, and you know we weren't going to win any um, golden globes for, uh, for for contributions to the game. But we we kept Stoke at bay. There was one shot over the bar, um, 19 minutes, I'm just looking. But otherwise, you know, we were we were playing some decent passing movements until we got forwards and that final third, as, as the uh, the football saying goes. There we looked so off it, I, I don't know what to make of it because we were playing balls into behind players and uh, passes going astray, all sorts. But it wasn't... We we're on we're on the containing side of a scrappy game in that first half, largely one or two moments were stoked, but otherwise, I don't think we were too bad. It just wasn't pretty to watch. Would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I agree. It, I mean, it was a it was a strong defensive display yesterday. I think for if you look at it from the goalkeeper's perspective, I mean, Starkic needed a clean sheet one hundred percent after yeah. some of the uh, the errors that he has made, and I I think I've been sort of. Uh, Quite vociferous on 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 that on my voicemails, but to have to have a clean sheet, one hundred is is it will be a boost. Um, and as I said, to not lose is a boost. I think, I mean, if I looked at a man in the match, it would have been one of the back lines. I think Wes or or Jake would have been in my sense of a of a, of a man yeah, of a match. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're right. We we are we haven't got nothing going forward and. I mean, I, I'm a big adversary. If you're going to play one up front, the back, the, the, the three behind need to be on it. And yeah, I don't yeah. think we had that yesterday. I, I mean, I felt Nisbet was so isolated because he didn't get the support behind him. And then Bradshaw comes on again. Then he, re, then he changes the front. Well, he changes it's the front. Like for like, you know, it was, it was yeah, like for yeah. like. And I just thought, well, it looked like to me that he was destined to not lose that game. That was that was what he was, and do you know what? I don't. 
I don't blame him to a sense. Like, we don't want to lose. We don't want to lose to a team that's languishing in the same sort of relegation mark fight that we're in, uh, to be honest. And mm-hmm. I, I could see it. But, yeah, sometimes you just felt, oh, roll the dice. Just roll the dice for 10 minutes. See what happens. And, uh, and unfortunately, I mean, the, the, the subs did make... Uh, did make an impact. I thought what more when he came on definitely looked a lot more lively than Fleming. More, more energy immediately, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what to say about Fleming. I mean, I just don't, I just don't get it, mate. I really don't. It, it just seems to me he, he's looking forward to January just as much as everyone else now, and maybe puts him back in the shop window. Who knows? Um, but um, yeah, I just feel. Yeah, listen, it was boring. It was dull, but it was a point, and it's one more than what. Huddersfield QPR, Wednesday and Rotherham got, really. Yeah, that's a positive. No, I mean, I, I, that was one of the things, actually, I, I put at the end when I'm trying to look for positives, listeners, because um, the negatives are easy and they lay themselves out for you pretty pretty simply. I mean, second half, Matt, I thought we were a little bit under the cosh. They, I think we were, we were fortunate that Stokes' problems of shooting matched ours. I mean, they... Uh, Sarkic made some smart saves. I wouldn't describe them as world-class saves, but they were smart enough saves, and he did well yesterday. I think you're right about the the, uh, the clean sheet for him. That will help build his confidence. Um, he certainly didn't look um, as fragile yesterday as we have seen from him previously. So, you know, and he wasn't tested to the max. So that you got to say that. Um, and then obviously the late, late last gasp moment chance that went in Marku's way, which was really. Um, making a case that a few of us have been making for a team that lacks so much creativity, why aren't we seeing at least cameo performances from the talent? You know, they Marku and, and Essay. I, I don't fully understand the uh, Jared was thinking on that, which seems to me to protect them from the the rigours of the championship, the man's game almost. But um, we could see maybe a bit more than just a few minutes for both of them. I mean, see, to see Essay will be something, but... We, you know, even you know a twenty-minute, twenty-five-minute spell. I don't think that could stretch them that much physically at, at this level. Do you think? Well, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge fan of Amaku. Um, ever since pre-season, I've been been trying to push the uh, the uh, the Amaku flag to play him up front. You know, you you see it. I mean, you don't you see it on the, the under twenty ones, whether it be at Millwall or even for the Irish, that he knows where the back of the net is and. Yeah. yeah, see, I mean, it was, I was, I was, I was a bit gutted that he he missed that. But then I say, well, maybe if you would have given him an extra ten, fifteen on the pitch to get himself more into the game, he would have yeah, might have seen a different outcome to that goal. You know, he would have been a bit more under composure yeah. and reflected. The fact that he he was on for what ninety seconds before that one came on shows me that yeah, I think if he he needs more time, he does more time, and he needs more time up top um, in a two, in a in a two with with Nesbitt or Bradshaw. Um, and I think you you would see definitely a, a a different a different player there. And the fact that he's boy the fact that he signed a contract, so the co- his, his tail's up. The lad lad's tail is up. So, you know, let him show that on the pitch. Let him have 10, 15, 20 even and against that Stoke team, as you rightly said, were were poor. You know that you know he found that defender out. Imagine what he would have been like if he found that defender out once he had a bit more time under his belt. Yeah, picked his pocket. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He picked his pocket for him. Goal. All right, the keeper came out, spread himself really well. But you know, he he probably yeah a bit more composure on the ball. He would have scored that. But again, youth, 
more game time. All of this could be factored into why he missed. But uh, no, I, I, I do rate, I do highly rate the boy, and I really think second half, you know, hopefully he'll see more. You know, the, the, like the coaching staff and Edwards will see more of that now that, as I said, his, his future is secure to an extent at Mill, although. In modern football these days, a contract means nothing because the end of that it just puts a, no, just no, puts no. a couple just, of zeros just means the pr- on the. On the yeah, they're going to say the price yeah, gets adjusted accordingly, yeah, doesn't it? Um, but with regards to essay, uh, it's, that's an odd one. Now I know you had your conspiracies, mate, and uh, I was only half mucking that, about. People have really latched onto uh, no, it. I think I think <laughs> you you bought that fishing rod and uh, they, they put hook line and sinkers, mate. Um, but, but when you look at it from a grand scheme of things, it's, you, you may not be too far off the mark in, in a sense that, you know, is a club coming in for him for which the response is, well, we'll give you back to Millwall to play, you know, on a you know, buy to loan sort of thing. Buy to loan, but, you know, yeah. But, you know, we have to generate, I mean, if it's a, if it's a sort of like a, a, an opportunity to generate funds in order for Edwards to get players in, you know, unfortunately... If he's going to have to be the sacrificial lamb, then so be it. I mean, I, I, I want to see a Millwall team that's going to thrive under Edwards and he's going to get his t- players in. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we have to compete at this level. And I think a, a few things are becoming, you know, painfully obvious, Matt. Um, one is that Gary Rowe is probably extracting the maximum out of this squad of players that it is possible to extract. He must have wrung the the sponge beyond dry. There's like you know the, every last drip of, of potential, which I don't think we probably we appreciated at the time. But I think it's been painfully obvious since Joe Edwards has taken over. I mean, I'm just looking at Joe's track record. This is not a criticism of Joe particularly. I just think it's it's the limitations of the squad. But Joe Edwards has played eight. He's won one game. Obviously, that was the the Sheffield Wednesday away win. He's drawn three now after yesterday and lost four, um, which is relegation form. Um, mm. Scored nine, conceded 12. Um, but it, it's it's one of the truths of football that um, you know maybe every squad has its limits. I, I think we're seeing the limits of this current squad. So if there is going to be a process, trust the process everyone's saying, then I don't think this squad as it stands at the moment is capable of pursuing that any further without some fairly decisive changes in January, which is just about a week or so away now. Um, is that fair from your point? Do you, think, do you think we need dramatic changes? I mean, what we'll get and what we we'll, what we want are two different things. But um, it's hard to see this squad progressing under whatever this process is going to mean. I said from the moment. Oh well, I said it, the moment he came in. I, I actually put. I said December's going to be horrible, and I, like it's going to be the most turbulent time on the pitch in terms of results and performances that we were going to get until he come like until January. Um the team it is a mixed bag and like there are players there that justify where we are in the league. hundred yeah, yeah, percent yeah. Yeah. the league table does not lie as they say. It doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And looking on the form, I mean, as I said, Stoker on similar sort of form as us, two draw or three draws in five. Um and but then we look at teams above us. Birmingham's are on, I think Birmingham are in free fall, to be fair. But, um, yeah. And there's a lot of other teams like Preston and, and, and Blackburn who are having a bit of a sticky form. But I think, yeah, in terms of our squad, we have got players that can compete in the top 10, 100%. Um, we're, and that, but there's only a handful of them. There is no, like, I could, if I named them, you would say, well, De North injured, gutted. Um, 
he's definitely in it. I, I do believe Nisbet is a top 10 striker. Um, Imaku is a top 10 striker. Um, but then we look, and then even Harding is now developing into sort of like a, a, a really strong centre-half um, that can compete in the top half. But then, and, and so is Jake Cooper. We just need to iron out the, the areas in which we need to improve. The left side, when Brian came on, you see, look better. Well, he looks, we yeah. We yeah, were to a five, better. didn't we, when, uh, yeah, when he yeah. came on. Um, and when McNamara came on for Norton Cuffey, which I think that raised a few eyebrows, if I'm, I'm honest with you. But that, that told me was he was setting out that we weren't going to lose. Uh, we weren't yeah. setting out not to lose tomorrow when, when he took Norton Cuffey off. But um, I, the areas are, I mean, there are areas that we need to have. I think, again, midfield, we need, we need people to support the likes of Dinor and Savile and Mitchell. No, we'll have to just ship off Campbell. He doesn't, I, I, I don't get that one. Well, he um, hasn't impressed. I mean, I thought the quality of the, cross, the crossing, the final ball, as they would call it in football, was very poor. Yes, yeah. he had a few few set pieces and was commented on the commentary, Carl and Max, how poor our delivery was. Um, I imagine that's going to be one of the most frustrating parts of football management because I'm sure that they will be working on, on that in whatever training sessions they can fit into this very hectic schedule at the moment, Matt. But <laughs> as soon as they cross the, the, the line, go onto the pitch, it seems to be, um, you know, uh, it becomes very poor. I mean, yes, we, we're not creating chances for our strike. I make you right about this, but I think he he is a good finisher. Um, yeah. And then Marku, we've, we've, we've mentioned, but we're not creating chances. And if we don't create chances, um, that's where you get stats like yesterday with just one shot on target. Two shots off target. I was struggling to think of which. I don't even remember the other shots on off target. So, you know, it's a wasteland, really, in that sense. But um, delivery of the ball has got to improve. Otherwise, we are going to struggle like this going forwards. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I agree. I, I didn't see the other shots, to be fair. But then again, maybe that's because the stewards had tried to stand up with 10 minutes to go and nobody could see the rest of the game. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, I mean, it was very heavily... Uh, a lot of all places. Yeah, it was very heavily placed for 550 uh, fans, let's just say. But, uh, but um, you're right. Uh, creativity, yeah, we've got absolutely... We're very, very poor in that camp. And I think that's where Edwards needs to uh, rely on. I mean, would would we be cheeky enough to go into get another... Ca- like, get Callum Stiles back? I was wondering about your views on it. I'm, I really wish we pushed the boat out for him in the summer, but... Uh... Any creativity, Matt, will be welcome mm. at the moment. Um, obviously, Denor brought the uh, the perceptive passing, and, and he's been out for a while now, and we have missed him. Um, it was noticeable, you mentioned Joe Bryan already, but um, noticeable the, the quality level that went up as soon as Bryan came into the game yesterday. So, um, you know, it, I'm not so I'm not so in despair as some that you read on online, um, but I do think we need to see we're going to need to see a decision during January. If we're either going to have to make some decisive changes in squad terms, bringing people in. Uh, Styles might be an option. Who knows about Cresswell? This is like often the dream of um, you know people posting online that Cresswell might be available. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but we've got we've either got to make decisive changes, Matt, or we've got to go back to basics, and that's going to be play rowet ball and you know make no bones about it. That's what we're going to do to survive until we can get through to the summertime when maybe this the Joe Edwards plan can can um, have more of a chance to, to to be put into action. But we've got some we've got this decision time very very soon for the club. I think I mean January the first is 
about a week away now. So um, it's going to be a decisive month, I think. I agree. I think the um, I, I think they've obviously got some. They'll have some names in their head already. And they've probably been out already to sort of um, look at. I mean, Andy Myers was a uh, back at, like, prior to his role here. He was going out to all the Chelsea loanies around the around the country or even around probably Europe to watch him play. So whether he's got some, whether him and Edwards have got some names in the um, in the fire already that Aldo. Alex Aldridge is probably working his yeah, yeah, business yeah. management uh, knowledge. To it. Who knows? But um, I, I, do you know what? I would just take a, a win ugly now scenario. Just just as I get us, clear us away from it. I mean, Boxing Day now is it's bigger than huge. Um, it's it yeah. is a you know that's QPR three point. We're three points with a goal difference. Um, so really, truthfully, with unless we get hammered by three or four, it's, we're you know that's that goal difference can act as like a, another point, but the Falcons yeah. Day QPR game at home is a must. It's, it, it, I mean, I, I don't think yes, we we need to have that atmosphere back at Millwall and uh, really ramp it up so that they they're coming into a, a well a cauldron so to speak. But um, who knows when people are going to have their Christmas Day hangovers? Whether that's going to happen, but. Um, <laughs> Um, well, it's a, it's a chance, chance to turn it into a six-point gap between us and Queen's Park Rangers, which would be very, very welcome, very handy, with Norwich um, on, on the Friday night fixture. So it's a, it is a big game, Boxing Day. Um, what do you make of Joe Edwards so far, Matt? What's, what's your views on him as a manager so far? Are you... I mean, I'm just reading some some of the comments from yesterday on, on um, online. I know people react... Um, you know, quite to quite extreme levels. But I mean, there's one here, Steve Morton, just struggling to see any improvement in play, tactics, set pieces or subs. How Emarku didn't get 20 minutes is beyond me. Fleming is woefully off form, all very worrying. Um, so, you know, criticism, I suppose, of, of, of Joe Edwards in that we haven't improved, um, which takes me to my point I made a little, little uh, few minutes ago that um, I think the squad maybe are at the limits of where they can go short of big changes in January. Do, do, how do you see Edwards from so far from your perspective? First and foremost, Joe Edwards, his background is, is he's come from the same stable as, as some other successful managers. Um, Lampard, Rogers, Clement, Paul Clement, um, Michael Bill. And so they come, he's come from that Chelsea Academy stable. So he's had yeah. a really good upbringing, um, albeit that he's not played the game fine. That's, you know, I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm in the camp of, well, you don't actually have to play the game to be a good manager because um, sometimes being a, a very good footballer doesn't make you a very good manager. So, no, no, no. It's um, a different, different discipline. Yeah. Uh, 100%. So in that sense, I I mean, I, I'm full of, I am full of optimism. I'm, I'm full of excitement of him coming along. I think the modern football now is this head coach sort of position. There's no... I mean, the old days of of like your uh, Allardyces or your uh, um, your um, Warnocks, the that, like, that, yeah, 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 that that sort of theory of being a a, a football manager is now sort of erad er, it's erading, and I think that the coaching side thing is now coming more into uh, into flourishment. So uh, yeah, I, I yeah. think I, I think that's that's the the way forward that modern football is. Um, it's, it was going to be tough for him. It's his first managerial job, and to come and he's and he's cutting his cloth accordingly at one of the most challenging clubs in the country. I mean, we're not a happy, clappy down the valley, 
sort of club <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna go never mind put your arm around you don't worry mate we've got the next game it's gonna be if you don't perform from day one you're you're gonna be you're gonna you will they will let you know oh no they'll let you know sure and sure order you see it a lot now online you know um people people Renting, but I say give him his Joe. I mean, he's at least he's, he's come into it and gone right. We'll come in. I'm going to come over here, but, uh, shoulders, chest out, and we'll give it a go. And it's I, I, I believe he needs to, like he has to have the advice around him, and that and it kind of stems to yes, there's no changing the style in the tactics in 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 the play, but is that down to Edward Stewart? I I I would have a look at his coaching staff. It hasn't changed it. All he's brought in was Andy Myers. Myers so you still yeah. got you still and, got and Barrett, Barrett, who's worked under. Yeah. You still got Marshall. Yeah. You know, so you still got that. Now, if it comes to a point where he goes, you know what? Cheers, chaps. Thanks for uh, integrating me into the into the club and the team. You've shown me the players. You've shown me their style. Okay, now I'm taking it on rain now, and that's how I feel like it's, it's going to happen now in January. He's got right. Cheers, chaps. I'm now bringing my own team in now. And I think that, I mean, I think there's a lot behind, not just Edwards. I think there's a lot, you've got to look at the, the actual coaching bench. And and I think that's why you haven't seen changes because he just wants to make sure he doesn't want to uh, rock the boat too much from day one. Okay, for the Sheffield game, it was a bit of a, an enigma. It was a great win, a great performance. But that for me was shackles off, go and have fun, boys. Uh, and I, I do believe that... He's taken this time, this month, this this turbulent month that I've always said to really look at his squad, really look at his players, really integrate a few what Joe Edwards or what Andy Myers could bring to the table. Getting advice, he says he gets advice from the likes yeah, of Lampard, Lampard. which yeah. I, I, I could probably rather pick advice from somebody a bit better personally. <laughs> but, that's not, but, but, but you know what, he's... I, I do, I, I do believe once once we got Christmas out of the way, and yes, and if he if he comes out of this, really, the greatest respect, if he comes out of this unscathed and we haven't lost, all right. If we whack out another three more draws, QPR, Norwich at home, Bristol away, and we've actually come out of Christmas not losing, I mean, yes, it probably might don't look positive from a sense of we've not won. It ain't a bad thing if we haven't lost. Then that, that, that's sort of like my balanced glass half full approach and you know I, I'm not I'm I'm really I, I've got high expectations of him becoming a good good coach and um, yeah but it's like I, I see the green shoots from the ground let's just put it like that and um, and I think to 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 walk a thousand miles you need to take that first step and I think he once he starts putting that in and really put the Joe Edwards style on that team I do believe we'll see a better Millwall in the second half of the season. Nicely optimistic after that long drive up to the uh, the Potteries yesterday, Matt. I really appreciate you taking time out your Sunday today, mate, to talk about it. It's an interesting point you make about the coaching staff. That's a very interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, and that may be a, a change in itself, as you say. So that's an interesting angle to take. But I just wanted to say thank you for coming on the show today, Matt Webb. Yeah, I appreciate it, Nick. And... Um... I just want to sort of like personally thank you for doing what you do. Um, your calendars are great. Um, it's up in my office as I, as I send it to you. And um, thank you very much. What you, what, what you do for the food hub. Um, 
by the time my boy hears this, he'll know that he's got his pundit game under the tree. So that's that's Christmas afternoon <laughs> sorted. So thanks for all those questions you've put out, Nick, because trust me, I'm going to be smashing it, I think, in that competition. Um, <laughs> I've, 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 and, and I wish you, and I also thank the team, and I hope everyone's voted as well for the podcast of Worlds, mate, because you absolutely thoroughly, you and the team thoroughly deserve it. And um, I wish you all, you, and I'll say Harry, Fizz, Michael, everyone that contributes to the team, a Merry Christmas, Great New Year, and that's to all your dear listeners as well, mate. Big thank you, Matt Webb. Those very kind words, mate. All the best. Thanks very much, Nick. Take care, mate. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Huge thank you to Matt for joining me this morning to talk over yesterday's win. And for those kind words, he took me back with those. I didn't know, quite know what to say. It's, um, accepting compliments is always a problem for us all, dear listeners, isn't it? But a uh, big thank you for those very, very kind words. Incidentally, if you do want to vote for Akdung Millwall in the Sports Podcast Awards, there's a, a link on my X page, Twitter, as it was once known, um, we're up against some serious opponents. I mean, I looked at the um, in the team podcast category. Um, we're up against the various sports. There's one representing the Miami Dolphins, American football. One, the uh, Chicago White Sox in baseball. And there's a couple of Arsenal and Spurs podcasts and Everton podcasts. So uh, we're, we're up against it. So any votes um, that people do or can cast will be most appreciated. Um, being nominated or shortlisted, is in itself a win for us and I, I just really want to say thank you to not only to, to to Matt but also others that have contacted me over over you know time to thank for the show I, it, I enjoyed doing it and if I didn't enjoy doing it then um, you know well that would be that wouldn't it but I do enjoy doing it I enjoy the uh, the range of voices and views and opinions that we get especially as we're going to come on to now with the voicemail section we're going to get all sorts of views I've been trying to keep this one 
positive. I'm, I haven't listened to any of the voicemails yet, so that'll be a first take as, as I um, put them on the recording. Um, but I'm sure we're not going to get as much optimism as perhaps Matt and I mustered in our conversation. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But um, yesterday was a difficult game. So um, anyone that, um, that went or wasn't feeling optimistic out the the new one of result have got every right to feel that way. So a big thank you to Matt. But uh, so onwards, dear listeners, onwards now to the voicemail section. And first up is Lawrence Binney. Let's have a listen to Lawrence's take on yesterday's proceedings. Hi, Nick. Lawrence Binney here. Um, just finished watching uh, Stoke nil, Mill nil, a game that makes uh, that made the Huddersfield match last week look like the World Cup 2022 World Cup final. Um, terrible game of football. Um, I think there are two ways that you can look at our performance. Um, objectively, I think I don't think anyone could argue. I'll, I'll get the objective stuff out of the way first. Objectively, we had no intention of winning that game today. Um, I think we pressed well for the, for the first twenty minutes, but completely shat ourselves in the final third. Um, uh, there wasn't any semblance of of patterns of play, um, but we you know we did all the off the ball stuff quite well. Um, forced them up the pitch, frustrated them, without showing any real intention ourselves. Um, in terms of the way of how you sort of judge that performance, I suppose there, there are two schools of thought. The first school is, well, you know, we're playing a side that are. Uh, a point above us in similarly dire straits. Um, that makes it either an uh, opportune, uh, an opportune game to, you know, kind of get off the mark and get those three points, or it means it is a definite uh, must not lose. Um, it's effectively a six pointer, and you know, if you lose, maybe it destroys confidence. So I can sort of see both arguments. Um, I think we defended quite well on the whole, um, but I did watch the game um, on iFollow um, with the Stoke commentary, BBC Radio Staffordshire, and they were saying um, that basically Stoke don't have any width um, and don't have a proper striker, um, or at least a striker uh, that likes playing off the shoulder. So no width and a big lump. I mean, that is sort of Cooper's, uh, Cooper and Murray Wallace's uh, bread and butter. We can deal with that all day. So I don't want to give, you know, a special credit to our, our organisation. I think we just played a side that was fairly blunt in attack um, and it was fairly easy for our defence. But, you know, they didn't they didn't muck up. And I think actually in terms of positives, I thought Sarkic looked very good today. One of the criticisms that's been levelled against him recently, he doesn't is it, he doesn't command his area, but I, I thought he did that all, all game today, and he looked uh, he looked assured. Um, but there, you know, but I think for me personally, I want to see a side with at least some ambition. You know, I I was I was always a little bit critical of Rout's approach on the road, but ultimately, you know, we did win games on the counter, and we did. Which we did show intent, you know, we, we, we would soak up pressure for long periods, but we were able to break um, and hurt teams occasionally. But there was absolutely no intention of that today. Um, and uh, Imaku uh, comes on for the last 10 minutes, shows a bit of willing, chases a lost cause, and nearly wins us the game with the last kick of the game. Um, 
sort of maybe a bit of a glimmer of what could have been if we'd shown some kind of willing. I don't think... I think the effort is there. I think we are kind of trudging along and, and doing what Edwards is... is Well, the, the players are doing what Edwards is telling them to do. But I don't think there is a real belief um, at the moment in this squad. And I think it's sort of exemplified by Nisbet's frequent frustrations. And I do feel sorry for him because he is a... A, uh, a technically very proficient footballer who is just who has got no support at the moment, um, and he looked thoroughly fucked off throughout the game. Um, so yeah, you know we go again against QPR. Uh, we didn't lose, which is a massive plus, but we do look quite far away from getting those uh, those first three points on board, or the first three points in what is it eight games now on board. Um, so we'll see, I guess. All right. Cheers, Nick. Bye. Cheers, Lawrence. Thank you for that, mate. Yeah, some interesting points there. Um, it, I'm, I'm interested by the, the whole Joe Edwards, um, how can we put it, the kind of, the, kind of re, um, the pragmatism of football management versus the slightly romantic um, image that we were sold when he was appointed, you know, the whole kind of, he's worked with um, Thomas Tuchel, he's, he, he had has uh, Jose Marino on his on his um, reference list and, uh, you know, quality at Chelsea, blah, blah, blah. They, they, there's an idea that we we're going to come in and get what I think he described as front foot football, which is, there's no signs of that at the moment. I, I absolutely agree that yesterday was a, an efficient-ish uh, defensive performance that um, someone like Gary Rowett might have said, even by even for him, was a bit defensively minded because we really didn't progress very well into the, the final um, third of the pitch on the on the Stoke City side. Um, in fact, we looked we looked way off it, which is interesting. Our, our delivery of crossing was very very poor. You could honestly see better at um, a very low level of football than Millwall was supplying yesterday. So, no, we won't create chances. That will lead to frustration for the likes of Kevin Nisbet and, and Tom Bradshaw seems to have a willingness to, to run and run and run and, and forget you know the, the frustrations around him. I don't think Nisbet is quite as easy going in that way. So, yeah, that contrast between um, you know the kind of romantic idea we're going to see more attacking football played at pace... Has probably gone out the window for Joe Edwards in favour of the he's been infected with football management disease syndrome, where a valuable point at Stoke is something to take home um, and forget the spectacle side of it. And it's better than losing, that's for sure. I mean, I watched it too, and we've mentioned already to to um, Matt earlier on, you know, the five hundred that went up there. I mean, this is not going to get you excited. Um, and put bums on seats particularly, but it might get us up the table, which I think is probably the short-term um, ultra-priority. Um, second half defensively, for me, I thought we looked a bit panicky. Um, I know that this is supposed to be a side that's um, Gary Rowett, you know, as, as a kind of creator, um, but the Frankenstein monster to, of, of Gary Rowett... Um, but I thought we looked a bit panicky and some defending was a bit ping-pong at times in that second half. But anyway, we got away with it um, and nearly, nearly nicked it at the end with, with Idamo and Marco. So a big thank you to, to Lawrence Binney for that uh, starting message. Next up, we're going to have a listen to Joe, Joe from Chicago. Joe in Chicago. One shot. 
on target. Again, team on international broadcast. Can't do it. Duh. I don't think Barrelson would ever get rid of Joe Edwards, but this team is so uninspired. I, I'm genuinely curious uh, if something is really wrong because there's never a circumstance where a club should be this poor over this extended period of time. Anyways, love the club. Always and true. Hope everyone's well. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Cheers. Happy holidays, Joe. Um, I'm trying to keep it in with my mid-Atlantic audience that I'm trying to develop. Listeners, happy holidays to you, mate. Um, uninspired is a good choice of word. Uh, it was a very uninspiring watch yesterday. It must have been a very uninspiring um, trip to make to the bleakness of, of Stoke-on-Trent to to watch 95 minutes of, um, of grind, really, with nothing to... You know, to no 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 um, ketchup to sprinkle on your your the metaphorical chips to uh, to make it lively. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything wrong in the squad. I mean, you you get this kind of bright breezy persona presented by Joe Edwards in the after match conversations. Um, either the squad aren't good enough, or the style is is ill suited to them. I think it's probably that. That's for sure combination of those two but how is it going to change is it going to change in January because I do think if we continue down this you know the the, the bleak house kind of uh, uninspired avenue route then yeah League One beckons and that I think will be disastrous for the club because the Berylson family have put a lot of money into the site and um, I imagine they've got some idea they might get it back at some point if we ever get near a, a Premier League shot again um, so yeah, uninspired is probably a very good choice. But anyway, good to hear from you, Joe. Next up, we're going to have a listen to um, always a favourite of mine is Bill Slack, and I don't think Bill was very happy. Dear listeners, have a listen. Hello, Nick. Bill Slack. We are going down unless we get rid of Joe Edwards and bring in somebody who knows what they're doing, somebody who's managed at this level, somebody who's experienced, someone who's got. Um, a little bit of guile, a um, little bit about them that might get something out of what is one of the most average squads, even poor squads I've seen in a good few seasons. Um, Joe Edwards should never have been put in this position. He he, he he shouldn't have even fucking got an interview, um, let alone actually get the job. Um, it's like asking me to go and run Amazon or something. He, he, he hasn't got the experience to run championship football team um, to manage a championship football team he hasn't and he's proven it week in and week out unfortunately um, Stoke are absolutely dreadful today um, but that's the worst performance I've seen in I don't I just don't know how long it was absolutely appalling so where where are where are the improvements where is this new style how is he impacting the quality of what we're doing, in what way, what listeners out there can point at a positive impact that this new coaching team have had on our performances. And and as you say, week in, week out, Nick, send in a voicemail. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me what he has done over the last how many, how many weeks or months since he's been here that has improved us. 
I, I, I can't point at a single thing. Not a single thing. And I'm afraid to say there's, there's, there's one or two people at our club who, who are far too clever by half, who, who have done us a disservice, done our club a disservice, and done Joe Edwards a disservice by giving him the job. It is going to end in tears. We are going down. Um, does anybody think that we go and beat QPR on Boxing Day? Um, I don't. Because we don't score goals. We don't win at home. There's no improvement. There's nothing There's nothing to hang your hat on where you can go, oh, fuck me, I can see what he's doing now. Look, look, he's, he's introduced this, he's introduced that, he's... he's you know, fucking player A's doing this and player B's doing this and there, there's nothing. The performances are going backwards. Individuals are going backwards. You know, our best player last year, he's getting absolutely nothing out of. Some might say that that, that that ain't his fault, but actually, what is he doing? He's not. He's not even fucking brave. He's not even brave enough to play Marco through the middle. Now, what... What's the one thing we lack in that entire squad is pace. And he brings on Imarco on 88 minutes who makes a chance out of nothing, should have scored and frightened the defence and, and we could have nicked it at the end. And he's fucking sat on the bench for 88 minutes while we're watching fucking seven stone Nisbet and, and fucking second touch of tackle Bradshaw run around like headless fucking chickens all game. Um, he's, he's out of his depth. Um, of course I wanted it to work it would have been a lovely story but we need somebody in our club who knows what they're doing who's got some experience to fall back on who who, who, who just knows what they're doing he is lost he's, he's looking more and more lost every, every interview I see him do um, we've made a mistake the club somebody at the club's made a mistake and they need to have the bollocks to go Fuck me, this ain't working. We need to sort it out. Otherwise, we're going to end up in fucking League One. And we could be in League One as long as fucking Charlton have been in League One the next time. There's no guarantees getting out of that fucking division. Somebody needs to take some responsibility and fucking shake this up and sort it out. Because we're going down. Um, talk about January. What, a couple of fucking Chelsea 21-year-olds are going to come into this squad and improve us to the point that we're going to start picking up points. It, it it ain't happening. Yeah, I'm sorry it's so negative. Well done to everybody who went up there. Um, couple three days before Christmas, you 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 legends, every single one here. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. Big thank you, Bill. Um, he's asking some tough questions there, Bill, and I think they're probably all questions that are in each one of us who go mill or listen to the show, watch wherever you follow the club don't really matter i think they're probably questions that are lurking um in the back of your minds um obviously obviously um this is a huge month ahead the january transfer window because as bill's rightly pointed out and we've said a few times on these shows that uh, survival in the championship is paramount because to fall into the pits of league one um, I was looking at uh, Charlton played Burton Albion yesterday, listeners, and there was about a coach load of fans from Burton Albion sat in that vast away end that they've got at the, the, the Valley. 
that's the level that you're going to be working at if you fall into the pits of um, League One, Leighton Orient. There's going to be a big game. You know, that is, it's that kind of vibe. We mustn't over-romanticise the idea of having a clear out. I think we've touched on that in the previous show. Whoever thinks that you can get relegated and somehow press a reset button is deluded. Um, is Joe Edwards any good is, I think, the question, Bill. And I, I don't really have an answer for you at the moment, mate, because you asked some good questions. Where's the improvement? Or well, we're not really seeing anything, are we? We there was there were moments where in the first half, particularly, we were looking not dangerous, not at all, which is a problem. But we were passing the ball reasonably. Whether that's deemed as a um, as a good thing or a bad thing, I suppose it's a good thing. But. Um, no, I can't point you at any improvements. So you know, let's be let's be open. Um, I think probably what we're all latching onto, and I, I'm I'm questioning myself as I'm talking here. Um, are we latching on to hope over um, what we've seen? The, I mean, it's eight games. I think I, I had the uh, numbers earlier on one one win in eight games and um, increasingly um, disjointed performances. Yesterday's performance was defensively um, solid enough in the first half and at times fortunate. And if, it, if Stoke had been a better side, we could have lost that one or two, possibly even three. I mean, that might have been strong, but certainly by a couple of goals yesterday. Um, so we, we were fortunate there. Um, so I can't answer your question, Bill. And um, you know, I, I don't, um, I don't really have uh, anything I can come back to you with. So that makes the question very, very good. Um, have we made a fundamentally bad choice? I think probably the only way we're going to answer that question is um, is we're going to pay the price if we haven't over the next four weeks or so. Because I think if we're still in stock by the end of January and we haven't really made any dramatic changes, and I think we do have to make dramatic changes if we're going to play anything other than basic level around it ball then if we're not seeing like half a new squad in in at the den to play this um front foot pacey foot which i i'd still say i want to i want to see uh, but i want to see it played well and whether that can be turned around at this stage of the season or not with the resources we have is the 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 i don't know how many millions of pounds you lose by falling into into league one let's let's say it's the 15 20 million that might be well off i don't know that's the question 15 million pound question the question of the talent is a good one i don't have an answer the the the, the party line that gets put out and joe edwards said this in one of his interviews is that um uh ramon essay and imaku are there's a physical demand of playing in the championship i, I don't buy that because you, you give them longer periods to build them up to it. Um, and also they're in a, a profession where you're going to have to face um, you know men at some point. And uh, the game is replete with stories of those that are good enough step up to the mark. Um, we're certainly losing nothing by playing them, that's for sure. So great, great, great message, Bill. Don't have an answer for any of your points, so mate. And if you, to, if you listeners out there do want to make anything back to Bill... Do give me a shout. You can get hold of me on uh, Twitter, on X. There's direct messaging on there. And if you press the little sound button, you get, I think, about 2 minutes 20 is the maximum time. But if you want to talk on any, uh, you know, longer than that, don't, we don't want, you know, 10 minutes worth, do we, listeners? But, you know, if you want to say maybe do a 3 or 4 minutes message like people send in, that's great. But give me a shout on Twitter. We can exchange mobile numbers. I don't want to stick that on Twitter and have the all sorts of sex bots 
trying to lure me into embarrassing situations that destroy my reputation at the den, do I? But anyway, give me a shout. We can exchange um, mobile numbers. Uh, big thank you, Bill Slack. Let's have a listen now to um, Bobby T. Good evening, Nick Hart, mate. I'm really sorry it's late and I hope you're all well. I didn't go up there today and it's quite late, this message. But all I'm going to say to you is 554 fans went up there today. But Nick, quick question. Like, with the Joey Edwards connection and the Chelsea and the Andy Myers and he was a Chelsea and I don't know if he's a Chelsea fan. But seven games in now. And Mako, 91st minute coming on. I didn't go up there today. I'm not going boxing day, I'm working. Yes, I'm going Norwich. But seven games in now, Nick. I mean, nil-nil away to Stoke. Yeah, point gained. What's changed? My main concern is that Joey Edwards now. Chelsea, whether it was a Chelsea coach or Everton, this Lampard. Conspiracy thought, seven games in, what's he done? Is it Rarit 2.0? And my main concern is maybe Chelsea fans are laughing, taking me all down. Because, mark my words, we were in a relegation fight. And all I know is now, QPR, yeah, they lost. The results went for us today, Nick. I get that. Amako, 91 minutes coming on, should have hit the chance. But otherwise, the most boring game ever. On to QPR, Joey Edwards... Will he last till after Norwich game? Will we beat QPR? We own shit. Merry Christmas to all the Millwall fans. And I see, see you at Norwich at home. Let's pray we get three points because Stoke away, you just knew it's going to be nil nil. One shot on target, whole game. Merry Christmas, Nick, and the Millwall family. Take care. Bye. Big thank you, Bobby. Bobby BT, Mr. Cheeky. Um, Chelsea connection. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got enough, I've had enough conspiracy theories, Bob, on on, on this show. I think I'll probably leave that conspiracy theory as one too far for me. That they're trying to take us down. Um, I don't buy that. I think he's trying to do his best by us. Um, I think it's really as as uh, Bill said a few moments ago on this show. Uh, whether whether he has the uh, the nous and the capability to do it, and that's a question that we none of us can really answer. He can't answer it because at the end of the day, this is going to unfold over the games. The problem's going to be that we're going to run out of um, safety uh, buffers quite quickly. This is the twenty fourth game of the season at home to QPR, so the second part of the season, forty six game program, game twenty four starts. So that's the uh, the second set of twenty three. So. Those games will count down very, very quickly, and um, we're probably going to find out quite quickly by the end of January for sure whether Joe Edwards really does know what he's talking about and whether his um, advisors are up to the mark or not. Um, but big thank you, Bobby. Appreciate the message, mate. Keep him coming, mate. Keep him coming. Let's have a listen now to Dave Baccarini out there in Perth in Western Australia. Nick, Dave here from Australia. Whew, just watch the Stoke game. That was painful. I'd rather have my wisdom teeth slowly extracted with no anaesthetic than be told to watch that game again. I know we're only eight games in, but I'm beginning to get concerned with Edwards. Besides playing slightly better out the back, there's not much else that even after eight games I would like to see. We're still disjointed in our play, particularly between midfield and the forward line. He played one up front yesterday with a couple of side players. He should be playing two up front. Poor old Nesbitt looked lost. And one simple thing he could introduce is more inventive 
free kicks and corners. That can be done almost immediately, and I've seen none of that. And often the camera panned to Edwards on the bench and he was deep in chat with Barrett and he seemed to be listening and nodding to everything Barrett was said. Do you remember Rowett doing that? And that's why I'm concerned um, Barrett's probably having some influence and hence we're seeing a hell of a lot of Rowett ball. About a week ago, I think Jim Hackett, was it? One of your callers was really down on Edwards and I thought at the time it's a bit over the top, but I'm rapidly coming to the same conclusion. Obviously, if we beat QPR, life will smell like roses and it'll all be good again. But I'm really nervous. Bye, Nick from Oz. Come on, you lions. Thank you, Dave. Big thank you out there. Happy Christmas to you, mate, out there in the heat. It's not too bad here today. It's 15 centigrade, which is moderate, but um, it won't be on any beaches celebrating Christmas over here, Dave, that's for sure. Yeah, the whole Joe Edwards question is starting to become a, a nag in my head. Um, you're right about QPR. A huge game at home on Boxing Day. One o'clock kickoff, listeners. Don't miss it. Um, I think the trains are all up the creek, so you get, get yourself there by any means necessary. It's going to be a big six-pointer game, because if we can win it, if... Um, then it puts a, that literally a six-point cushion between us and them in relegation. More than that, it'll give us a big psychological boost. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I, I know what you mean about having your teeth pulled out, Dave. Um, it's it was it was a tough watch yesterday. So um, big thank you to Dave Baccarini. We're going to close the show now with John Rankin. Good to have John back. Hello, Nick. Um, hello, uh, listeners to Act on Millwall. John Rankin calling on behalf of the uh, the podcast. All proceeds to the Lions Food Hub, tremendous charity. Um, yeah, just ringing in with a few observations after that nil-nil um, draw up at the uh, up at the three six five against Stoke. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it's a bit of a grim old performance. I mean, the stats show possession pretty much even. I think Stoke had about twenty shots. We had two. One of which was right at the knockings, the last knockings, when we couldn't nick the game. But, you know, taking it sort of out of context, you've got to be happy with going away to a place like that and coming back with a point, really. But putting it in context, you know, it's so different from how we were performing last season. However, having said that, last season up at the 365, we had uh, a certain player called Zian Fleming who picked up the ball on the halfway line ran the length of the pitch and slotted it past Sarkic, who was in goal for Stoke at the time, and we won 1-0, or nil one So, you know, for me, that's the difference. It's our lack of creativity going forward. I mean, we've got a reasonable um, set-up in defence. Um, I mean, there are one or two players there that are creaking a bit and getting old and maybe could do with improving their ball skills. Um, if you look at other teams... Uh, the way they play out from the back and certainly in the Premiership, you know, it's all about uh, playing out from the back and waiting for spaces to open up in the middle of the park and then moving forward. And that's something that I think is probably beyond our remit at the moment. Um, so we're caught between a rock and a hard place. Do we lump the ball up, um, which we tend to do when we get under pressure on the press, or do we try and play out the back, which we're not entirely comfortable doing? So there's a lot has got to be done in defence. But... You know, we held our own. Stoke weren't particularly threatening, but I've got to say, neither were we. We haven't got a lot up front at the moment in terms of someone who can hold the ball and create a, you know, a really good move going forward. 
So we started okay. <clears throat> there was a few of our players that made their presence felt. I thought Honeyman put himself about nicely. Uh, Fleming did in the early stages. Uh, Norton Cuffey was busy. Uh, Ryan Leonard again, you know, strong when it mattered. Um, made some crucial challenges. Um, but, uh, you know, it was all very much seat in the pants with Millwall. Do we, do we really look comfortable in possession? You know, after about four or five passes, we begin to run out of options. There's a lack of movement in front of the person who's got the ball. Um, so that was the kind of first half, pretty dire. Stoke were much stronger in the second half, much stronger indeed, and I thought they were going to win. But again, you know, we kind of defended resolutely, got plenty of bodies behind the ball. It wasn't a particularly pretty watch. We were on the ropes a lot in the second half, um, but we didn't let a goal in. So there's not a lot more you can say about that sort of game, really. One of those uh, performances. So anyway, listen, I wish everyone happy and healthy. Christmas. Um, I hope you all get the presents you wanted. And we'll see you at the den on Boxing Day for a crucial match against QPR. Come on, you lines. Happy Christmas to you too, John. Uh, and good health for 2024 to everyone listening. Um, I think uh, sometimes it's easy to um, lose perspective on football. And there's a lot going on in the world right now. And there's a lot of people, um, both, you know, both personally and, and that you read about in the press that are not, you know, under the cosh. So um, football is both important and trivial. All in one go, isn't it? Um, yeah, uh, point in a tough place, I think, probably does sum up yesterday. Probably as, as optimistically as I can muster, John. I'll, I'll make you right about your analysis. Um, Zian Fleming going from player of the season to looking like he should be playing at Beckton Park earlier on today is one of the great mysteries that Arthur C. Clarke might have looked into a few years ago when he had that um, programme exploring you know, the planet's great mis- mysteries and, and, and uh, strange events. But um, I'm going to leave that to Arthur C. Clarke to look into that decline the decline and fall of Zian Fleming. Um, I think that's enough for the show, dear listeners. I want to thank everyone that's contributed. Um, we are on the brink of Christmas, Christmas Day tomorrow, so I'm going to wish you, dear listeners, a very happy Christmas. Um, big thank you to everyone that, that listens to the show, that, that has voted for us on those Sports Podcast Awards, and all the boys that, that contribute to the show with voicemails or you know the in- post-match interviews and and everything. So for me, I'm going to say Arrivederci Millwall. Oh, I've got the, the pundit questions to do before I wrap it up completely. I've nearly forgot those listeners. I think I should go and have a mulled wine. Um, so yeah, punditgames.co.uk, two of our teaser questions, great football trivia game. Do check it out, punditgames.co.uk. I asked um, the manager of our national side at the 1990 World Cup semi-finals, played as an inside forward for England, but was ruled out of the 1962 World Cup, won the league in Spain and Holland. It was, of course, Sir Bobby Robson. Sir Bobby Robson. You knew that, though, didn't you? You knew that. Um, this one's a tough one. I didn't want to get this in a month of Sundays. Uh, football league questions. A ginger-haired left-back, um, played for both Wimbledon and the MK Dons, um, holds their record for most league appearances, um, and most in any, any active EFL player, apparently. Over 700 and counting in Milton Keynes. He's in front of um, some other other uh, familiar names here. Kenny Cunningham. Um, 
there's all uh, all time MK Don's appearances, which I think includes Wimbledon, Kenny Cunningham, Neil Ardley, and Luke Chadwick. Remember him? Anyway, the ginger-headed left back, who's played over seven hundred times, is Dean Lewington. Dean Lewington. If you've got that, then seek help for your football habit, dear listeners. Until the next edition, which will probably be on Boxing Day after the Queen's Park Rangers game. Until the next show, from me, Nick Hart. Happy Christmas, Arrivederci, Millwall. Bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.